Since the dawn of time, man has reached to obtain that which seemingly lies to be in his grasp. Reason, enlightenment, understanding, is that the best ball provides fulfilled, but only to those who vote themselves to principles. To high price. Hell yeah. Sounds like you're stealing. I, I can't argue with you, Zach. I want to, but I can't. Little butter. <laughs> Have either of you guys put stuff on your head? To end. Smart basketball. Welcome back. Welcome back. Zach, Welcome did back. you publish our last one? I didn't. <laughs> I apologize to our fellow basketballers. We've we've gone dark. Uh, I don't remember the last time I, I uh, we, we posted a podcast. I'm gonna guess it was two months ago, maybe three months ago. Time is really uh, really really before like the the best part of the basketball season with March Madness, right? Yes, we went dark <laughs> right when the with college basketball. I think we can all agree that uh, the NBA uh, playoffs are gonna are gonna start heating up here soon. When when does the season end, Ed? We got about another what eleven games or so. Right? Yeah, it's getting close. So twenty twenty plus twenty five days or so, we'll be talking playoffs. It looks like the last uh, pod was posted on February third. Wow, I wasn't far off. That's almost three no. months ago. Yeah, yeah, we had something recorded and maybe uh, late February, early March, and I just never felt the desire to actually edit it or post it. And uh, I'm not sure who's going to edit or post this one, but maybe it's me. Maybe I just posted blind. I don't know. We'll see. Just We're just going to do it really tight. It's going to be a perfect take. Really tight. This is this is the uh, – everyone's been looking forward to this, right? The The Derby podcast right guys the derby pod absolutely who hasn't been derby pod i, I called like, for it i feel like the that we had one of our most highly uh listened uh most highly uh, downloaded shows was a a derby themed podcast yeah, as it should be as either that or the one that was right after the the accidental smart basketball drop well that was <laughs> from zach Lowe <laughs> two years ago <laughs> That that's impossible to match. But. That might be our uh, impossibility. Yeah. Um, before we go into the horse uh, talk, though, I did have one topic. Um, have you guys ever? Uh, have you guys heard the 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 like when you're talking about, say, something that happened, you know, twenty or more years ago, in yes. the century known as the 1900s? Have you? Yes. Have you actually heard or anybody you know, or maybe even even type this out? Refer to it as the 1900s. The 1900s. Yeah, yeah, so. really. It's like the full century, 19, not 1990s, not 80s. Ooh, Usually, century. it's 90s, 80s. You, you'll refer to it by the decade, right? But we're talking the century okay. being well, called out here. The 1900s. I can say, I can say for sure. I've said early 1900s, mid 1900s. Does that count, or just like it, you it does? But it doesn't, though, because you would have used that maybe. Uh, I'm saying yeah, like referring to it paper. as flatly yeah. as the 1900s. Flatly, no qualifiers, no. Okay, I'm, I guess I'll, I guess I'll go along and say no. No, okay. So I saw that for the first time today, and I kind of chuckled. And um, <laughs> so, be, you know, I'm gonna I'm just gonna give you guys this little tip. You know, next time you're you know you're talking about the former century, let that one roll and see how it flies. I'm, I'm the 1900s. I like it. That. I like it. Right. Yeah. It's not like, oh, back in the 90s. No, it's the 1900s. Yeah. It, call it what it is. A lot, the right. last century. I like it. Did, so where did this come from? And have you tried it out with any success? No, I haven't. I just, I was reading a, uh, a, a, sec- a security blog about passwords and the guy referenced something from the 1900s. Okay. And it was uh, kind of a joke, right? He kind of was, you know, wink, wink, 1900s. But 
It's true. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the 1900s. You, and are, you, are you amused by this concept? Heavily. 1900s? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm tickled by it. Are you, are you not? Um, not really. Bit. I can tell I'm you. Amused. I'm amused. I'm mildly amused. Which is better than not at all amused. So. I want to hear. No, I. I mean, I think. I think once. You, I think the the real the real benefit from this will come when you you know you're in a work meeting or maybe you're talking to your wife, maybe you're at the store talking to a store clerk, and you decide to just drop that. You know, back in the 1900s, I you know I used to use I used to pay in cash. <laughs> I think if somebody were to say back in the 1900s, I would think the actual like 1900 to 1910. Right, but they, but you'd be wrong. But you'd be wrong because that's the whole century. It's the whole century, Ed. It's not the decade of 1900. Mm. It's the whole century. It's the 1800s, yeah, right? Like yeah, when you, you say, eight, you say 1800s, you're not referring to 1800, 1810. You're not referring to the, um, what was the, was it the Spanish-American War in the eight, early, 18, early 1800s? Is that right? Mm, that was like the 1900s, like 98 to, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I'm just mixing turn, up my yeah. Oracle uh, American War dates. Anyways. At, at the beginning of the 20th century, yes. Yeah. All right, all right, guys. Uh, who's, Hold I, on, I, that, brings I, up, that brings up a good point, though, because most people would say the 20th century, not the 1900s. Yeah, now I'm starting to, I'm starting to doubt my... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but then again, though, I mean, I don't know. I feel like that could be confusing people, because sometimes people think when they think of 17th century, they think that's 1700. It's true, and they're wrong. And they're wrong, right. But it is confusing, yeah. I've never really liked uh, labeling uh, centuries as the uh, the cardinal order, right? You know, the, the, the first, the third. Uh, why not call it the 200s? Okay. Well, I can, see, I can see that you, you support that view based on your 1900s. It's discussion. really heavy in my mind right now, yeah. So, but, you know, you do the same thing with the ages of people, right? Like when when they're in their first year, they're not one yet. So when they're, when they're in their second year, they're one. Yes. Which I don't like either. It's very, it's very confusing. Try and explain <laughs> it to a five-year-old. Right. Right. Yeah, this is actually your, your sixth birthday, but... But who's counting, right? <laughs> but you're starting your seventh year now. It's your seventh year. But we'll just <laughs> say you're six. Right. <laughs> And that's when they start losing their faith in, Ed's, uh, Ed's, in the Ed's, world. Ed's got his head down. He's scratching his head. He's, he's done with this. No, I just saw this that Andrew, I think, gave this to James today. See if you guys can read that. Can you read that? Setena? Setena? Detention. Detention, okay. <laughs> Andrew asked me if I wanted a receipt for, I could pick one, two, or three, but don't pick three because too many people have been picking it. So I said, okay, I'll take two. And then he just checked off the number two and gave me a piece of paper with a two with a check mark next to it. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. <laughs> something, something very, uh, I don't know. Yeah. So Anyways. I guess I, I'm still like, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. What's the, where's the, the uh, detention come from? I think that James is probably being, I heard Andrew yelling at James today, telling him to stop being so grumpy, and he okay. gave him a detention slip. Oh, that's reasonable. Yeah. And then he was weird. I think he was thinking about it because uh, Emily said that she went to detention twice in high school, and oh. th- my boys were shocked by that, and then they had to know why. I'm and also I, shocked by that. It, um, that would be for um, 
dress code violations. <laughs> one time, one time a dress code violation where she had uh, one of the nuns at our school ask her if she was allowed to wear it. And she sent her to the Dean of Students who, Mr. Kitchen, um, oh, who Zach, just not, not the type that probably should be making game call decisions on girls <laughs> dress code violations. <laughs> and, she, and then when she went back to class, Sister Michelle said, did you go see Mr. Kitchen? And Emily said, yes. So then she, Sister Michelle called her bluff and hustled out of the room and verified that she actually did not go to see him and she got a detention for that. <laughs> I think it deserved multiple detentions. I need to hear more the- about this uh, uniform violation. What, what did she wear like a different color, uh, like the wrong tinge of Navy on her, on her socks or what Short. was it? Well, so we didn't have like school uniforms, like, but you still like, you couldn't wear jeans. You had to wear like khaki. Okay. Sort of code, but no uniform. Okay. And the so skirt had to be like what an inch above the knee or something like that. Or? She, I think, I think that time she was wearing like a shirt where the straps were too Ooh. skinny. Okay. And then yeah. another time she got in trouble for having too short of a skirt. Right. And I think I maybe had detention once. I don't, th- and I, I don't think your mom gave it to me, Bob. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't um, think, but it's possible. <laughs> The only hijinks that I got into was me and my friend Jake Panzer used to pretend to trip each other in front of the freshmen and we would lose our lunch boxes and cause a big ruckus down the hallway. And I think that <laughs> the German teacher got mad one time, but I don't know that I actually, I think that she went to detention more than me, which is a real shock to think about. So I, I need to hear more about this, this, uh, hold on, you guys would pretend to trip each other and, and your lunchbox would go flying. So we both would take lunches. We had those big, the big lunch boxes with like the, you know, the, the big plastic ones with the detachable handle or whatever, like the Tupperware ones. And Jake, who Bob knows is just kind of a goofy guy. And he would make sure that his handle was almost all the way off, that the lid was mostly off so that when I tripped him, it would very easily come apart and break in the hallway. And I would, it would make it look like I tripped him, but he actually just tripped over himself and, fell forward, slammed into the lockers. His lunch went halfway down the hallway. And like these freshmen were looking at me like, I can't believe you just tripped him like that. And the, one of the teachers was not amused by it when it was really just for So show. what's the gag there? Are you, are you just trying to like be super, like, uh, I guess, like a, this is like This is like, what? Uh, the Three Stooges type of physical comedy, I guess yeah. would be the best way to put it, it. But it felt like you were trying to intimidate the freshmen into like, you know, don't walk near me, I might trip you. So No, just, yeah, it's just him and I. No, we would never touch none of the other kids. Yeah. I mean, this would be, for some reason we had dress code. And I think we maybe we talked about this. We had dress code and yet I was allowed to wear Doc Martin sandals. And we've right. talked about how you had to, like you were cool if you wore Doc Martens and I had the Doc Martin sandals, which I swear to God had to be like two pounds each. These sandals were at least they were barbells like the, that you would put on your feet. Yeah. They were like the Jesus sandals. And I got very good then at kicking those at my friends where I put the heel down. So it would be more of like a slip on and I would launch it. And uh, Jake would make me kick it up into the tree so that he would have an excuse to go climb the tree to get my sandal down and be late for class. I mean, that's <laughs> That's the I kind actually of stuff remember that. We that. Did. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm sure. I'm sure uh, there's a, a whole throng of people who are listening to this, waiting to hear Bob's horse picks. 
um, who have now been thoroughly uh, <laughs> driven away to sleep by, by your uh, high school hijink stories. They came here for the Derby preview, and they got St. Mary's Springs hijinks. You So do you, are you still writing, Bob? Are you still writing your typical Derby preview? I mean, you all have to be, right? You are. I am, yeah. I've got, I've got uh, I guess, about probably about eight pages here. I've got a few different – what I'm struggling with is the preamble to actually this year. I've got a few different angles on it and I'm just not quite sure uh, what to go with. You know, did you, did you feed any of that through the, uh, I forget what the name of that site was that I shared with you yesterday, but that, that grading uh, site that Which, tells you what uh, reading I, ability. I did or... the, the gunning fog. Gunning index, fog. I believe. Yeah. yeah. I believe that you needed uh, 10 or 11 years of formal education to be able to understand my derby. That's previous. pretty good. That's reasonably. Uh, not terrible. I mean, I think you want to aim for lower than that for most audiences. Depends but, on uh, who you're talking to, but I would think the, yeah, the lower the better for, for general yeah. purposes. Um, but let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's talk horses. Uh, I, I know really nothing about any of the, I, I couldn't name a single horse uh, in, in this race on Saturday, even though, I've uh, participated in in your uh, your yearly uh, Kentucky Derby uh, Triple, Triple Crown, Crown pool, pool. Yeah. Um, but I just I just haven't really been taking tra- track of uh, of who's in the race. Like I've I've seen the, the you've you've posted the the, uh, the 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 what's the order called on the horse? I came in. What's the, the post positions? Yeah. Thank you. The post positions. Yeah, <laughs> posted those, and I I, ca- I can't remember any of the names. So. Yeah, I mean it's it is actually it's uh I mean number one I think there's a couple things going on this year. Number one, there was just a Kentucky Derby in September, so Kinda it's weird. like yeah. you know a shorter time frame. Uh, none of the hor- there is an undefeated favorite this year, but he hasn't been like uh, otherworldly by any means. He's barely won a couple of races, so he d- he doesn't really stand out. Um, and then also I think just you know you look at ratings of all major sports. Well, actually, I don't. I think the NFL was down too, right? I know the NBA is like way down, but I think just in general, I don't know. People seem to be paying less attention to the sports these days. So yeah, this know, is a pretty quiet derby. I do know that in Colorado, um, uh, table tennis was the highest uh, this the past <laughs> month. Table tennis was still the highest rated uh, revenue stream for for DraftKings. <laughs> this is insane. I'm not making that up. That's a that's a real statistic. Yeah. Remember what what I love about that is just that you complained about that being like the offering. Why is there table tennis and not women's whatever? I, 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 I have to. Yeah, I don't I don't have an answer for any of those things, but I do know that that uh, table tennis. Uh, when when I I don't know if people are just nostalgic because when when the, they legalized sports betting here in Colorado a year ago. Um, Table tennis was it. There was nothing else you could bet on. Okay. And, uh, I suppose you start, you get started and you stick with it. Maybe, maybe. that's, that's my only, yeah. my only guess. But uh, hmm. the other question I have for you. So they, they ran the Kentucky Derby back in September. Yeah. Does that mean that a horse could technically have ran in last year's Derby and this year's Derby? Is that, is that possible? No, no, because they're they, all, all horses turn another year old on January 1st. So since the Derby is only for three-year-olds, okay, those horses that were three turned four, and they are now four. I, you know, I didn't know that all the horses had the same birthday. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so they they typically try to foal horses like as close to that date as possible, but you'll see some horses that are like April, May, which is they're kind of at a disadvantage then for a while. 
because of that. But that is actually incredible. I have been following, you know, air quotes, <laughs> following horses for for you know many years. Right. Uh, did not know that every that basically the the birthday of all horses was January one, and yeah. that and it makes sense what you're saying there makes a lot of sense. Uh, yep. Trainers are uh, and breeders uh, aim to have them born as close to that date as possible. So, yeah. I'm glad to bring knowledge to the people. Do they? I, I'm. I have one more question on this. On this insane uh, thread here. Do if if a, if a horse is about to give birth, do they hold her back on like New Year's Eve? And, like <laughs> they would never. So they would never breed a horse um, that close, right? Like so. Okay. Um, they know better than to t- test the. Yeah, it's mid. Although you know, school, right? I do want. I mean, I. I guess right. I mean, it's a, it's a good question though. I mean, like you would you would imagine if there was like some complications or whatever, like, you know, not, not every creature is born exactly on time. Right. So yeah. What would they do? I'm not hundred percent sure, Zach. That's actually a, but I do think generally they like, they give it, you know, maybe the end of January. Right. And then, <laughs> yeah. The target is, is not January one, but right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Ed's, Ed's ready for some trifectas, right? Is that what uh, I can see on his face? So I, I requested the pod because maybe I've paid attention just like a touch more than Zach, but not really like where I feel yeah. like in the past. And I really just wanted you to just kind of walk us through it, Bob. <laughs> oh, like basically basically a preview of your preview is what I was All hoping right. for. I mean, I think what's hard with that is like, do, do I go through every horse? I could. No. You guys are going to fall yeah. asleep, yeah. Absolutely not, no. Um, So, I mean, okay, here we go. Favorite is Essential Quality. Um, Essential Quality has won five races and five starts. Um, Won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which is basically the uh, main race for two-year-olds last year. Um, But comes in off a narrow, narrow win by a neck in the bluegrass um, at Keeneland. So, Speed figure wise, doesn't really stand out. Um, maybe a little bit of a concern at the distance. So two to one on the morning line, deserving favorite, not my play in the Derby. So a little bit of a, sorry, Ed, a little bit of a maybe overrated uh, chalk play. A little bit. Yeah. It's not like a, not like a justify or American Pharaoh coming in um, looking unbeatable by any means. What kind of a, is it an early speed or what, what type of, what type of, uh, usually likes to sit pretty close to the pace. Um, never, well, I don't want to say never, I think one time on the lead mid race, but otherwise kind of like sits two or three lengths off, um, presses the pace and goes by late. So looks like in the bluegrass was basically second the whole way. And then yeah, got it at the end, barely by a neck or something. Right. Exactly. Yep. So, and didn't look like he was going to get there. And that race was against the, uh, the 17 horse in the Derby, highly motivated. Um, and highly motivated was on the lead in that race, um, set pretty slow fractions, could not quite hold on against essential quality. Um, that horse, even though it was on the lead in that race, uh, Chad Brown is the trainer ridden by, uh, one of my favorite jockeys, Javier. Think of Javi. Castellano. Yeah. Um, he, thinks he'll be off the pace in the Derby. Um, and he thinks he'll be better that way. So, um, at 10 to one on essential, or I'm sorry, highly motivated, 
Um, could be interesting. Highly motivated, though. The, the distance is a question. The pedigree is questionable going 10 furlongs. What do you put into the fact that, that the only two turn was at Keeneland for that one? Um, a little bit. I, I put more into it than, um, than nothing for sure. Especially, you know, if you expected a horse was going to be a, uh, true triple crown threat, you'd probably run that horse at two turns sooner than April. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they really brought him along, um, slowly. So I, I, I've, I've distance questions with that one for sure. But, um, the next choice, I think, on the morning line is uh, Rock Your World and Known Agenda. So Rock Your World won the Santa Anita Derby um, in his first race on dirt. Um, so he had run on turf twice before that. So that's a little bit questionable, too. Um, he looked great winning Santa Anita Derby. But, um, you know, again, if, if you thought it was a dirt horse, why did you run him on dirt before April? Are you surprised, Bob, that, that DraftKings hasn't figured out a way to do daily fantasy horse racing yet? I am, especially because Stable Duel is doing it now. It's really the same same concept. Yeah. FanDuel actually has a a game out there on their site, but they don't seem to like publicize it or push it very much. Yeah, I, I feel like don't you have to be in a state that allows it to? Maybe that's part of the problem. Could be. That I'm going to click be. into it while you guys continue to talk. Yeah. Known agenda at is the, the one horse, um, which is an unfortunate draw for that one, but a Pletcher trainee that won the, the Florida Derby. That's my pick. Um, yeah, you know, I originally when I looked at some offshore odds, uh, he was listed at like 15 to 1. And I thought, oh, that looks pretty good. I could, I could see getting a slice of that. But six to one on the morning line, um, and the one hole, I, I don't want any part of that. The horse hasn't won from the one hole since uh, what, like 1986 or something like that. I think Ferdinand won. Um, so, however, you, the the caveat to that stat is that the, the Derby did get a new starting gate. I was going to ask you this? this. I was going to sound smart and ask about yeah. the starting gate. Yeah, there's a new, so they got a, a starting gate from Europe where they have, you know, much larger fields of horses. Um, whereas in America, they always had a 14 horse, I believe it was 14 horse gate, and then a additional six horse gate kind of like just kind of jerry rigged up next to it. Um, and so that was always a problem because it made the track, well, it made the number of horses in the starting gate wider. So now they're closer together. So that that one horse won't be so close to the rail when it breaks and should have a little bit better trip. In how does that how does that affect then like with you saying that with the fourteen and then the six that you've got essential quality and rock your world as the two favorites, I guess, both being in fourteen and fifteen now versus what it would have been like. Yeah, like uh, it would have been a much bigger deal, uh, I guess, because I think they used it last year, although I can't recall now if they did or not. It would have been a much bigger deal in the past, let's put it that way. Now it's kind of, it's a good draw at this point, I would say, to be to be a little bit further out and uh, also not be kind of like in that weird spot. So, Does, does Baffert only have one horse in this? Is it Medina Spirit? I was trying to see if he had any other horses in this one. 
That is his only starter. And um, I kind of like, I kind of like that horse. Um, not a flashy horse by any means. Um, and hasn't gotten the job done in the biggest races that he's running. Um, but Bob Baffert, early speed type with John Velasco as a board. Um, I will likely be putting a few Ducats on that one. Ducats. <laughs> so I was looking, we can talk about the fact that I think that it was cheaper this year, but maybe not the Derby. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, the time form picks. Mm. Yeah. Zach, I don't know if you caught that. I did pay the twenty dollars again this year for time form. I did see that. Yeah, I will. Uh, I probably won't use your account because I don't know if I'll even bet anything. But I'll just probably bet whatever, Bob. Uh, well, that's is that possible, Bob? Are you going to go you fire off your picks uh, two minutes to post? <laughs> uh, I mean, for the Derby, I usually I usually give at least ten minutes. Yeah, so we'll see. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I guess uh, the odds are pretty pretty uh, static. They are, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so the, go yeah, ahead, time yeah. form. It's tough, like to. Uh, it's tough to really get all those. You're basically going horse by horse. Yeah. Right. Um, and obviously, it's got a lot of detail, but it's not very user friendly in terms of if you're trying to take all that like you usually do and look at all the races for the day. Well, it's prefer right. it's for the, the serious horse player, right? Ed, it's not for the, the casual, which is why I get it right. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, so I mentioned Medina spirit as one of my, I think that's a good value play. My other, probably my, my favorite single play in the Derby is the uh, number seven Mandaloon. And so this is a horse that is trained by Brad Cox. Brad Cox also trains the favorite essential quality. Um, but so Mandaloon was the favorite in the Louisiana Derby, finished sixth, 11 lengths behind the winner. Um, but I think the, the pedigree on that one looks pretty good. Um, you know, Matt, if that horse, if Mandaloon had won that race, uh, I think could be more like five to one in that range. So 15 to one looks like some good value there. So time form is the pace projector says it's a fast pace. Would you agree with that? I think so. Yeah. There's a lot of horses that um, like to be up on or near the lead. Yeah. And I think, well, uh, you know, the interesting thing though, is that um, there, there's a lot of horses that want to be near the lead. I don't know that there, there are that many that want to be on the lead. I think that's maybe the distinction here. So it'll be interesting to see who actually goes to the front. And I do think it, it there's a good chance it will be Medina Spirit um, because Baffert tries to take advantage of that uh, pace. Get out there and then just throttle back, but do wire to wire, basically. Would that be kind of what they would hope for? I think, yeah, because Medina Spirit is really a one-paced horse in, in what I've seen. So you wouldn't expect him to make up a lot of ground in the stretch. So why not put him out there just like authentic did last year, get that lead um, and just see if he can keep going. How many people are they going to allow into the stands this year, this, this, uh, this event? I don't know, actually. Um, it seemed like I got more emails because I've put in for whatever, when we were going to go to the Derby one year, I get emails from them and it seems like I got much more that there's still tickets available more than in years past for sure. So, like, I think it's 
I think it is reduced capacity, but I don't know if like the demand is there. They ex- yeah, they expect to be about 45,000 or so fans in attendance is their projection. So it's not bad. Usually there's like, you know, what, 165,000 or something crazy like that. So 33% of that. Yeah, I'm just looking back on on uh, on Google on this. They initially announced that there would be fans for last year's running, but then they right, they, yeah, yeah. Bob, what's uh, the best um, yeah. trainer jockey combo? Putting Ooh. aside your feeling on the horse. Ooh, best trainer jockey combo. I mean, Baffert and Johnny V, tough to beat. Um, Uncle Bob loves Steve Asmussen and uh, Ricardo Santana. Uncle Bob loves the Asmussen main. That's what he, does. he likes. He really does. That really gets him going. Yeah. Um, hmm. Interesting here. Uh, Essential Quality is written by Luis Saez. You guys remember uh, Maximum Security, of course, and that whole disqualification a couple of years ago could be a redemption story there. Um. You know, I kind of feel like it might be uh, Todd Pletcher and Jose Ortiz uh, on the 11 dynamic one. I, I, I generally will take Jose over Irad. Irad riding the one known agenda for Pletcher. But, I mean, it's the Kentucky Derby. They're all good trainers and jockeys, you know. Steve Asmussen and Mike Smith. Who's, uh... Oh, there he is. There's Leperu on the on uh, helium helium so helium is actually um one of my i'm calling it a roulette chip this year so worth worth a couple bucks as a long shot helium uh undefeated lifetime has not run since march 6th so pretty big layoff there should run all day long um so i i'm not really worried about fitness for this one it's just can he can he improve enough and be fast enough to run those 10 furlongs? But at 50 to one, uh, yeah, absolutely. Take a little shot there. Oh yeah. Won the Tampa Derby. That's right. Yep. The other two, my other two roulette chips um, are the five sainthood. This is another horse that has only run three times, had the worst, well, one of the worst trips you'll ever see in the uh, Jeff Ruby stakes. But the comment is, quote unquote, problematic trip. Had a problematic um, trip to far turn. Right. It, it was a disaster. Um, <laughs> he, he, here's another one who should run forever. Um, you know, it, it's a big ask. And so I think Pletcher has some confidence that there's more there. Um, again, at 50 to one, throw a couple bucks on it. Um, and then finally, I feel like Ed, I, I feel like Ed, you like the name on this horse soup and sandwich. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just seemed, so he, he was second in the Florida Derby to known agenda, um, had set the pace. Um, another horse that's only run three times. Um, another Mark Cassie horse in here. Helium's the other one who uh, only ran three times. I think he's a fast horse. I don't know if he wants 10 furlongs. That's probably my main concern with him. But um, again, it's, it's, it's a long shot. You've got to take a few shots. So. And this is always one of my favorite uh, sort of things to do is to peruse the, the comments of the past performances. And uh, I was just going to ask Zach, like, I feel like you would be great at writing those. Like, <laughs> uh, 
I felt I feel like if there was one thing I, that I could do well in the, in the, in the horse racing uh, industry, that would probably be it. Is uh, <laughs> and you would just like start sprinkling in other stuff just to see if people were paying attention. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I like, like so for owner I, owner in stands without mask or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> this one's pretty strode green. Strode green. <laughs> it's a good comment. Bob, I read a derby preview on Blood Horse. The guy who kind of looks like um, uh, who who did the derby doesn't Steve Haskin, but it wasn't him. It was another okay. old guy. Yeah, sure. Um, I probably read it. Yeah, and he liked uh, Obesos as a uh, maybe to throw in into like your trifectas. Yeah, as a closer I, type. I disagree. I don't yeah. think Obesos has really any chance. So. So no, I mean the, the the reason probably people are liking him is because he came from pretty far back in the Louisiana Derby, only got beat two lengths. But I, I just don't, nah. I don't I don't like I honestly don't like really anyone coming out of the Louisiana Derby, other than Mandaloon. I'm just basically drawing a line through that race for him, um, and maybe I shouldn't, right? Because I think all the other horses are frauds, and he he was beaten by eleven lengths. But uh, I just that that race didn't do a lot for me at all. Have any of these horses come out of Mountaineer or Charlestown? <laughs> um, no, I think I see see one horse raced at uh, Delaware Park, which is you know, not, still still quite a ways up from Mountaineer I, Charlestown. I'll make my promise that if I ever buy a racehorse, that it will be a five thousand dollar claimer at Mountaineer. <laughs> All right, good. Is it impossible for a horse to, to race at the Mountaineer and qualify for the Derby? Or is that actually um, possible? It's possible. <laughs> yeah. It's possible. I mean, it's it's highly unlikely that you would see a horse. Yeah. It'd be a great Hollywood story. Look at like a two-year-old and you look at their racing history and you all these other ones like <laughs> racing at wherever at uh, Belmont or – uh, I don't know, Del Mar, Santa Anita, and then Keeneland, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> Mountaineer. <one day. laughs> I mean, the closest thing I can think of would be like a mind that bird, but he started at Woodbine, went to Sunland Park. I mean, he did. Yeah, I did yeah. Like that. yeah. Now, do you know why? Do you know why that's unlikely to happen, though, Zach? Uh, well, I guess I'm trying to think. Is it because this the 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 time of year that the Mountaineer operates is not necessarily. So, I mean, I think. One of the things that I didn't understand about horse racing, I don't even, even probably after for a couple of years when I was really getting into it is the importance of conditions. So if you've got a horse that you think pretty highly of, you don't want to burn up its conditions any quicker than you, than you need to. So if you're, so, you know, obviously a horse that hasn't won a race is a maiden, so they can compete in maiden races. If you've got a really good horse, you probably want to start in a maiden race where it can win the most money possible. Um, and then you might want to, the next race, you probably want to throw it into a non-winners of two. So if you see like a, an N2L race, um, you know, you, if you have time, if you're not trying to get a horse to the Derby or something like that, sure. um, you want to use up those conditions slowly um, and really maximize them before you're into a place where you can only run against open company or... Um, optional claimers. Is saying is, like a 10,000 maiden at Mountaineer is not 
Right. <laughs> yes, correct. Ideal. Yeah, you, the purse on that race is going to be, yeah, you know, whatever, $5,000 or something. You know, so it's like, don't. Just don't. It's a great Disney movie, though. Like, if that horse goes happen. on to win the Derby and they're starting in the backwoods. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I'd love it. Let's do it. Let's write it. Is is Parks the least prominent track that I'm seeing on this uh, past performance sheet? Uh, probably. I mean, based on... Belterra Park? Who, who, who ran at Belterra? That's probably um, Belmont. Probably Belmont. Um, sorry, I'm clicking back and forth here. Uh, like the King? Oh, did he run at BTP? Yep. Okay. All right. I've that's... never even heard of Belterra Park. That's, that's a yeah. new, is that a new one? I think it's <laughs> in Ohio. Cincinnati, um, yeah, I, I can't recall if that's new or if it's rebranded from something. To be honest with you, I think it used to. Uh, yeah, not hundred percent sure. Actually, this is fun. I just want Bob to name obscure tracks based on past performances. <laughs> Man, one of my favorite tracks. Oh God, I think it was in Edmonton, um, Edmonton, Canada. Of course, um, what was it called? Holy shit. What's LRC? Uh, I always thought Los Alamitos was in New Mexico. I didn't realize it was in California. No. Yeah. Northlands Park was it was in Edmonton, Alberta. And they used to run at like they'd run from like nine o'clock to like one AM on Wednesday nights. It was, yeah, it was fantastic. I, I, I feel like I remember, I remember, that. I remember <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Um, market cornered. Do they is it Los under? Alamitos? Isn't that where they do the uh, the quarter horses? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they have a thoroughbred meat now too, but yeah. I'm pretty sure that when I first got the bug from you, Bob, and I went to some of these races and I was like doing uh, races every night, I feel like I remember being a degenerate and betting on quarter horses at Los Alamitos. <laughs> it's, not, it's there for you when you need it sometimes. You know? it's, it's a standard progression, Ed. You know, it makes sense. You got to, you know, try them all. Uh, I remember my first uh, foray uh, into harness racing was uh, uh, didn't last very long um, because I didn't win any, I didn't win any, any money at it. But it's uh, not only was it uh, a losing proposition, but it was extremely boring to watch. <laughs> what is it, the nice. trot or the the Pace, two types? Pacer trot, okay. pacers and trotters. Yeah. yeah, I have a newer appreciation for it thanks to Bob. But but I um, I definitely uh, loathed harness racing for a long time. <laughs> Bob, what, where would you put yourself ranking-wise? I think we maybe even talked about this before. Where would you put yourself ranking-wise as the best harness player in the country? Like, rankings of harness players. Oh, man. He's top um, three, right? Top three. I don't know. I, that, that would be a stretch. Really? I'll say top, I'll say top 100. I was going to say top 50 or 100. Yeah. yeah. How could you only be top 100? I think there's probably a lot of probably good harness players that don't go know what Bob does in terms of the contest that like just right. hang out at Meadowlands or whatever. Yeah. I think that, right. Exactly. So you're um, saying if Bob hung out at a, at a racetrack all day long, he would be a better player. No, I'm just saying that there's a lot of those guys that Bob probably hasn't come across in his online yeah. uh, contests. And I don't, I, I mean, especially with harness horses, like I'm not a, 
I'm not a guy who understands so well how how their gate looks necessarily. Like, is that a is that a nice gate? Is that a you know not? So that's that's not my forte. So I I'd say top 100. I'd, I'd feel confident saying that. I mean, I was just kind of come up with a very generic uh, New York New Jersey name, and I was thinking of 47 year old Joey Francatoni or something like right. that. Yeah, exactly. That yeah, goes that guy. To the Meadowlands four days a week. <laughs> right. Um, I do think I, I, and actually, uh, Zach, you may recall, I, I, you might too, bet America used to run some of those contests where they had, uh, um, harness and thoroughbred. I always felt like I had an edge, like an extra edge in those contests, because I feel like a lot of guys might be better at one or the other, but I'm well-rounded. So are you to your love of harness racing? Is that kind of like a basketball purist love of like trying to get people to watch more women's college basketball or something like it's a great um, sport and more people need to watch it. It's, it's just a, it's a different, it's, it's honestly more, it's, it's more different than men's and women's basketball. Even, you know, like the basketball is the same game. Thoroughbred and uh, standard red horses are different enough where, yeah, they're going around the track, but the mechanics of a race, obviously the way they move is different. Um, the the human element is different. I just, uh, so no, I don't think that's exactly the same thing. Okay. That's a good question. So when I, when I think of, of uh, you know, reasons that, uh, you know, women's college basketball is, I guess I'm not really sure what I'm trying to say here, but like there is a throng, a, a large amount of actual people who seem to like women's college basketball. I don't know if there's a large following of harness uh, fans out there. <laughs> it's a small the, devote following. I, I, I bet. Devout. I bet the fan bases are probably pretty similar, to be honest. Like in terms of size, but there's a lot of harness tracks around the U.S. I mean, well, granted, there's not uh, you know between the people involved in it. I don't know. Yeah. I guess I'm I'm using the maybe it's a poor measurement, but whatever I've I've seen uh, where there's social media data that that says that women's uh, basketball is is uh, has a super strong. I can't remember the, the the number and how it relates to other That's sports. True. It's, it's higher than you think. It's shockingly That's true. like like the the amount of, the amount of money that 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 with the uh, the women's players will make in college is going to be extremely high based off of their. They're, they're just their value. following. Yeah. So. I suppose I could see that. Yeah. And that's definitely not the case with, uh, with harness racing. Yeah. So Cause, nice. Cause Joey nice Francatoni is not on Twitter. <laughs> I think it was either Joey Cacciatore, Joey Cacciatore. Francatoni. <laughs> <laughs> Francatoni. <laughs> Joey Francatoni. Francatoni. <laughs> that's what I heard. Yes. That's what I said the first time. <laughs> so, Going back to your talking about DraftKings and tying in with the announcement with DraftKings being a Zach, did you see what the dollar amount was with how much they are paying to sponsor Lebitard? Fifty million five zero. Yeah. And I was reading that it's not a coincidence that um there's been a lot of advanced talks with sports betting coming to Florida. So then they're partnering with a Miami, of course, based show. And then I'm wondering, can we connect the dots further to Gulfstream being not far away from them either? I'm just going to hope. 4D chess. Ah, you lost me. Where, what's the connection? <laughs> <laughs> well, if the connection is, it's like, well, they, 
they're paying $50 million to sponsor Levitard. And by the way, it's not a coincidence that they're doing that. They're sponsoring in a state that's about to get legalized sports betting. Yes. Then let's just make the leap to and say, well, Levitard's in Miami and Gulfstream's down there. So maybe that's when they decide to get into the horse racing game. That's my. Okay. They is in DraftKings, you mean? Yes, they is. Oh, in okay. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, let's let's uh, let's let's uh, sew up that uh, that thread uh, about um, uh, Fanduel uh, that they are just a uh, um, just another uh, way to bet through TVG. That's not really their own operation. So. That's right. They do have, but they do have they do have uh, contests somewhere. Like they've got, they're they're like really bad. They're like there's no money in them, um, but I've seen them before. I've I've done them. But maybe they yeah, go ahead. Would you support me throwing more money into my TVG account for this weekend? I would support you throwing money into well, I don't know what kind of promo TVG has going. I know Twin Spires has ten dollars back on every race starting on Tuesday and running through Saturday. Um if you run second or third, which is TVG usually does that same one. Every race though? Not every race. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I, so this is that's um yeah they so Twin Spires has my action for the most part um but yeah of course I mean so there's no uh there's no new new newfangled promos out there that I can take advantage of I have to go to, to Twin Spires yeah Twin Spires is Twin Spires this year is running a lot of promos that are pretty lucrative so it always I thought you were against like, them what promos or Twin Spires <laughs> not promos Twin Spires. <laughs> I am, but yeah, I'm gonna take the money where I can get it. So, but it, it's it's actually it's funny. Like, obviously, having done this as long as as I have, you see how like these places must get different marketing budgets or marketing directors or whatever. And like one year, uh, you know, like one year, Twin Spires goes nuts on the promos, and they like you can't lose money there basically. And then the next year, it's Naira, and the next year, it's Expressbet, and the next year, it's somebody else. So it's you know. You just move around. It's kind of like sports betting, right? Like if you got enough outs, you're gonna find a good, good line and have a much better chance of success. What's Mel? What's his name? Mel from Bet America. What's that guy doing now? Marv or Merv? Merv. Merv. Right. Merv. I haven't looked him up in a while. I don't know. Um, <laughs> He's probably managing an Arby's or something. <laughs> How would you look him up exactly? I I, I LinkedIn. I, yeah, he's on Twitter. Merv Huber. Oh, okay. Um, he might actually, I think he, it looks like he works for, uh, Twin Spires now. Um, <laughs> just go, <laughs> go to complain to him for old time's sake. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't, like I don't he, have anything uh, active with Bet. I think I withdrew everything from Bet, from Bet America. You really should, Bob. You should just tweet at Bervin and just sort of throw out something like, Hey, this contest didn't grade right last week. Can you, what's, what's the deal? Oh, here? No, hit him up for like a contest from, from bed America from like four years ago yeah. that, that you're still waiting on <laughs> <laughs> or no, better yet an NBA one from like six years ago. <laughs> oh my God. That was, those were the days, man. God, talk about like making hay. <laughs> that was ridiculous. It was, what was it like? Like five team or five or five or six person contest and only like two or three people would join and the top three would automatically pay. <laughs> yes. 
there would do, it would be like a ten person like five hundred dollar guaranteed tournament, like fifty dollar entry, <laughs> six entries. From Ed. <laughs> and they were they were like three from Ed and four from me. <laughs> and our lineups would be the same. Right. <laughs> oh my god. I have not done any basketball DFS this year, Zach. I'm disappointed, Zach, but I, I don't blame you because it's a losing proposition unless you do it for a living. I'm not sure who wins at, at uh, uh, daily sports anymore. Daily fans. I didn't know you were so down on it, Zach. Whoa. Whoa, especially coming from a guy who just had a major hit on a... Well, golf is golf's fine. I'm not saying golf. Golf. Okay. basketball. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know how to beat uh, the NBA daily fantasy game, but I can beat golf, or I can think I can beat golf. No. Is golf better than basketball, which is better than football? As in uh, beatability? Like, yeah. Profitability? I, I would say easily. I, I, I haven't played any. Uh, I, I, I barely played any NFL last year. I don't think, honestly, I, I was going to say basketball is harder than NFL. NFL, I think there's a lot more dumb money in. Mm. So I feel yeah. like NFL yeah. is more beatable. It's getting, it's getting. T- I mean, I, I, I mean, it's I, tougher. Yeah, I definitely dipped my toes into it a little bit uh, last last season and quickly pulled back. Just didn't really feel like it was. I don't know. I've I've been uh, with with sports betting being legal here. It's it's too easy just to spend my time researching <laughs> props. Right. Sure. But I mean, like, so, um, NFL. You know, you can. I don't know. It just seems like you can have an advantage. Like NBA, if there's like a good play or any late breaking news, like 80% of the field ends up on it anyway. It's like, it's just impossible oh. to have. I'm pretty sure the late swap is still a thing in basketball and in, in mm-hmm. the NBA games. Right. So you've got to be glued to your computer. Right. And understand all that nonsense. Same probably holds true for NFL to some extent, if you're playing those contests, but. Um, what was that? I think it's my dryer. Mm. Did you guys hear that? Mm-hmm. That's pleasant. pleasant. The pleasant sounds of my dryer telling me that the clothes are dry. Well, Ed, Bob, who do you I feel... like in the derby? Huh? Who do you like in the derby, Ed? You've, you've looked at it for all of five minutes. I was I like known agenda. Okay. That's right. You could say that. I, I'm not as scared of the, uh, of the one hole. Okay. But it doesn't <laughs> seem like, I mean... Like you said, like essential quality is kind of a deserving favorite, but I don't know that um, Chalky Ed is going to go dump some money on that. I want the exotic plays. Exotic plays, yeah, sure. I mean, so I, then I, I, turn, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I was going to say that that's why I was asking about the pace because then that would help. Like I could see, I could see some. Maybe I'll make like a couple of um, trifectas where. You know, it's like Rockier World and Medina and like some of the front runners and it's more of a, they get out and then kind of throttle back a bit and there's no real closers versus right. like all of those being out and maybe having, you know, probably then that would help essential quality and then some of these closers and that's what I would focus yeah. on. Yeah, I, I think what's it's like known agenda is probably the – I mean, he's not even a closer, but there, there's like there's there really aren't any closers in this race that are legitimate contenders. I mean, Burbonic is thirty to one. He came from ten lengths behind in the wood. 
Um, but that that was such a bad race. I just don't. I don't know where where you would go to find a closer. I guess it just they don't exist in this race seemingly. So it'll be interesting. <laughs> Last year was Bernardini. Yeah, last year was so easy, you know, like when, when you run a derby in September, you pretty much know, I mean, by that time, you, you've kind of seen the horses run a lot more than obviously now in May. So authentic was, a was I don't know, like I said, felt, felt like a straightforward pick last year, and this year is just, I don't know, it's tough. I can't wait for you to be grumpy after it's like essential quality and then rock your world and then some like soup and sandwich or something like that. Rock Your World is, is going to be the horse that's going to ruin me. That's 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 my prediction. That's one you're taking a, a stand against. Yeah, yeah. I'll, the other horse I don't like at all. Um, I think it's Hot Rod Charlie. I'm pretty sure that's what is he like six to one, eight to one, eight, or, eight to one. What number is he in here? Nine. Nine. There we go. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Again, Louisiana Derby. Just anti anti that race. I just don't. Yeah. Not, not like I, I think his pedigree is not a distance pedigree anyway. So he seems like the, between Hot Rod Charlie and Rocky World, one of those two horses is going to ruin my Derby day. So Hot Rod Charlie, looking at his time form numbers, he every race was faster, equal to or faster than the previous one. Would that be a candidate you'd not like to bounce in the Derby? Yeah, it just depends. Like how much was he going up? You know. Um, if it's pretty steady and consistent, then you're not so worried. If, if he went from like a, and I know the time form scale is different, but like with Brisnet, if he went from like a 90 to a 102 yeah. all of a sudden, then you'd think that's a bounce candidate. How much, uh, I have more questions. How much do you yeah. take into account their, their uh, workouts like Derby week? Not a lot. Um, a little bit like if you hear something but i used to be way more into that but you just can't you, you don't know you know how what the instructions were you, you certainly can't look at raw time you can maybe look at how a horse is moving but it's really only if it's really good or really bad which is pretty rare honestly i'd like to win the lottery and employ zach to go out to as many tracks as possible so that he can write comments to the workouts let alone the comments to the actual past performances the comment actual, yeah, yeah workout comments are great um i was there i was going guys to do that you know right yeah i'm sure there are yeah, yeah. people do that yeah that's a thing um I, I always like it when when a horse is uh commented as gamely that might be one of my favorites gamely is a good one i gamely. i like a game horse yeah <laughs> it's like it's like when you when you hear someone talk about uh like a, a golfer as being a good a good ball striker yeah, I think I heard that even somebody was talking about that at the Masters. I don't know if it was somebody that wasn't in golf. Like, why wouldn't you always want to be a ball striker, regardless of if it's off the tee or I feel like if we've, it's just we've your irons? We talked about that at, at length uh, yeah. over the years. It's like <laughs> I always kind of chuckle when I hear the because that you know that you hear that on, on, on almost any golf broadcast. He's a good ball striker. Oh, he's a good ball striker. <laughs> I mean, All right, guys. We got almost an hour here. Is that enough? Uh, enough horse content for the year? Derby. I, I hope. I, think I hope the people are happy. I think I'm satiated. All right. Good. Okay. Well, as long as Ed's happy, that means I'm happy. 
And, and make sure to check out no need to call it.weebly.com because I'm too cheap to pay for my own domain name for my full derby. How many years running have you been too cheap to pay for your own domain name? Is that, is that actually, I paid for it. I paid for it one year and then I let it lapse. Can we get, can we get our producer Peter to set up a GoFundMe for the listeners to, to chip in money for Bob to buy a domain? <laughs> I'll chip in money. 